0: parenting is hard few of us feel up to the task the world is shifting quickly and dramatically all of us feel the changes affecting our families the stress and pressure can be intense we are here to help sort the good and the bad provide insight and bring hope welcome to brilliantly brave parenting we're so glad you stopped by
1: Hi, and welcome to season five of Brilliantly Brave Parenting. I am your co-host and partner in crime with Robert Beeson.
2: I'm Pastor Brad Mathias. Hi, Pastor Brad. Robert. Robert Beeson. (laughs) So one of the things we've been doing that if you've been listening, you know, we have been spending a little time letting you guys get to know us a little bit. And we do that by way of asking each other random questions based on a number that you pick. So Brad, I'm going to let you pick... A number, and then I'm going to ask you a question, and you have to be completely honest, or you get shocked. Six, six. Let's see. No, I don't like that one. Pick another one. Goodness <laughs> sakes. Well, that's too easy. Seven. Uh, it's not up. It's not available. Eight. This doesn't feel fair. <clears throat> have you been pleasantly surprised by anything lately? Yeah. Okay. What?
1: Well, no, I answered the question.
2: Now you need to expound on that. Oh, that's the second
1: question. Uh, what have I been pleasantly surprised about? Um,
2: the Titans. No doubt.
1: As a football team,
2: just in general, like
1: beat the Patriots.
2: Well done. That's a good answer. Yes. I, I I, concur. I danced around my living room for a good solid five minutes. It was incredible. I was there and it was like, absolutely. We were kind of looking at each other going, that really just happened. I would happened. say it's almost like a miracle. It is almost like a miracle. And the cool thing is, I was there for the time we beat the Eagles, and we beat the Patriots. So we beat both Super Bowl teams in the same season, which is should, like our Super Bowl. I think you should attend more often. <laughs> I think I should do. Although I was there when Baltimore kicked our butts too, so well, okay. I'm not sure that that works that way. But yeah,
1: um... it's it's funny. <clears throat> uh, you know, I'm in a fantasy football league at church. As the pastor, you're sort of supposed to do it. This is the first year I've ever been in first place. So, like, I don't know what's
2: going on with I the whole football kind of thing a, this
1: year, but isn't that I've of, always been, like, last. Like, the, five years in a row, I've lost terribly. And this year... A pastor's
2: supposed to serve, not like... It feels I let the al-
1: computer pick my team this year. That's oh. what happened. Uh, okay. Yeah. I've always been really prideful about picking my own team. And this year, I was like, you know what? Just let the thing pick it. And okay. Now I'm winning. Well, there you go. Okay. So, that's like an analogy of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> really? Okay, You know, it's like the GPS of your life. You let let God lead and let him pick, and he does way better than we do,
2: right? That's true, and seldom what we predict.
1: Well, today, we are privileged to have in-studio guests. So for those of you who are not watching us on YouTube, you are missing out. Uh, For those of you who are listening, that's great. But come back and check us out on YouTube, uh, and you'll get to meet this lovely couple that we have in the (laughs) studio with us, Tom and Lori Carr who are married now a, a, a short 38 years. Is that correct? Yeah, pretty short. These days it feels short.
3: Yeah, it's
4: fun. Some 38 years are longer years. than others.
1: You know, just <laughs> that alone makes you an expert in parenting. Uh, Absolutely. Just the fact that you you have survived almost four decades of marriage and the fact that you're smiling and sitting close, you're touching each other. holding each other's <laughs> hands. That's uh, like... there's, there's no hostility in the room that's intangible. You guys appear to be actually in love and friends. Uh, so
4: Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: So it's are you support, guys alike yeah. or are you? Oh, no. We
4: are not alike it's, in any way.
1: So the compatibility but, isn't natural. Is that what you're saying?
4: I, it's a learned skill. I think
3: the odds were against us.
4: Well, it helped that we loved each other and yeah. had some motivation to learn, but I knew nothing about what it meant to be married when I got married. Hmm. Fortunately, I had people, men around who sort of taught me what it meant. <laughs> What it looked like to have a relationship, and Laurie is a people person. So, for instance, when we were in college, and we were going out, and I would call her. That's back when you had a and phone. And I felt
3: like he didn't like me very much when he called me because his I was voice just, was very dull.
4: Yeah, and she said, <laughs> "You should look in the mirror and smile when you talk to me on the phone." So I did that, and I sounded better, and yep. it was fine. She knew I was doing something weird but as long as i sounded good she was happy. And
2: that's a that's a tip from a pro. They say that actually if you're singing you're in the oh, studio yeah. you are to smile when you sing. It brightens your tone. Oh,
4: well, there it worked, worked. True story. Yeah. And then once we got married, i was told, you know, she needs to know i love her. And i
1: Verbally. grew up in a
4: family where we never told each other we loved each other. That wasn't. So i had i had to just schedule it. So <laughs> 3 times a day i would tell her i loved her. And well, you had to touch me too. Yeah.
1: And after a while, I got used to it. Because he's
3: like Mr. Spock a little bit.
1: Okay, so let's <laughs> just for the <laughs> – this is going to be fun. <laughs> just for the uh, benefit of the audience, Tom is an engineer. Yeah.
3: He's really more of a scientist.
1: Okay, so he's a scientist, analytical – Have you seen The
3: Good Doctor on TV?
1: I have, yeah.
3: He has some of those tendencies. Not completely, so, but you would admit that. Yeah.
1: Very analytical, very methodical, very – organized, in his brain, logical person. Okay. Oh yeah. And you are not, is that what you're saying, Lori?
3: <laughs> I always thought I was, Uh huh. but I'm not, not by nature. I've had to learn things. You're a feeler. I, yeah, I can tell when things aren't right. So like if I don't say the proper word, it's like almost nails on a chalkboard for you.
1: Right. Well, so yeah. your precision and your passion. That's good. good. Yes.
3: Yeah.
1: All right. Well, there we are. You got it. What we have is a a healthy (laughs) couple who have migrated through forty years of life together, uh, successfully raised children, grandchildren, and And we like our kids. And you like your kids, and your kids like you. So, for our audience who are in the middle of the stresses of raising their Mm -hmm. own kids, trying to survive that whole twisted process of paying a mortgage and going to church and being involved in your kids' lives and trying to find a way to take care of yourself in the middle of all that, there's hope. You can get through that.
3: the hardest job we ever did, but my favorite.
1: But you can definitely get through it. Yes. Well, you can flourish in it as a family.
3: (laughs) Rather than get through it.
1: Yeah. So there's more to it than just surviving it. You can actually thrive?
3: Oh, sure.
4: Well, yeah, and I I think that's a key thing that we try to help people see is you want to be on the offense. You want to be raising your kids, living your life, not Mm. sort of being carried along by whatever's going on. Hmm. Being intentional. Yeah, being intentional.
2: That's so good. Give us an example of what, what that looks like. Because I get what you're saying in the sense of you want to be proactive and you want to, you know, because I think nowadays we live in such a, a culture and a society that's so fast paced oh, yeah. that we are. It seems like we're just catching up all the time, Correct. and so um, for those of us, I'll speak as myself. It's it's difficult mm-hmm. to schedule in the buff enough buffer to be intentional, and um, so what did that look like for you? What are some things that you did intentionally in your marriage and in your parenting that? that that gave you that that advantage?
3: The first thing we did was we had been married a couple years. Tom was in grad school, and um, we ended up getting involved in a Bible study with this couple who wanted to lead leaders of churches, young, newly married couples, and equip them on how to be married, how to raise kids, and how to have a ministry within a church context. Okay. And we did that for three years, and that.
4: Yeah, so I think the (sighs) first principle that comes out of that is be proactive for yourself to get the information, the wisdom, get somebody around you who's done it before. I mean, Hmm. that was a huge advantage we had. Yeah. And then can I say a second thing is um, ever since we were in graduate school, Almost every single week, we've had lunch together. Really? Once yes. a week, and it's a business meeting. Mm-hmm. So we get together. She has her schedule. We ha- I have mine. We go through the coming week. Because a lot of the stuff it, when you have little kids is you just don't know what's coming and when it's going to come. Right. Especially if you have two careers or one career and a stay-and-hope mom, planning takes so much pressure off. Yeah. And so Mm. everyone at work just knew if it's Friday, I'm not going to be there. No lunch meetings, no nothing. Lori and I have um,
2: a business meeting. We
4: have a business meeting. And the business
3: meeting is actually brilliant. I think it saved us a lot of pain, especially Tom. He's not a super social person. So going through the calendar helped us have conversations. Do we really need to go to every birthday party? And it might be even more than just our. Our ability to be social, it might be financial. So you get to have that conversation on, babe, we don't have enough money for another birthday present. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I think it was wonderful for us.
2: You're talking about to your kids' birthdays.
3: Yes, and all their parties. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And so, or even adult ones, but the calendar is more than the calendar. Hmm. It's all the issues that go yeah. with what's on wow, the calendar. That's a good quote.
1: The calendar is more than the calendar because the of all the things. That you have to invest in from the finances to the time, even energy, right? Yeah. As parents, you get worn out. And uh, there's something about the church. And you guys have been very active in the church. You've been an elder in a church. You've been a mops leader. You guys have been mentors and coaches and parenting support. You've you've been in and around Mm -hmm. the church your whole life, it sounds like. Mm -hmm. But there is something about the church where people feel obligated. Yes. Talk about that a little bit. How did you fight through that?
3: Well, we learn to make boundaries. (laughs) Yeah, I
4: I mean, our mentors told us to be very strategic with our time, Mm -hmm. you know.
3: And careful what you choose.
4: Yeah. Mm -hmm. God's, well, we we feel like God showed us what he had called us to do in life. And so we narrow our focus down to that. I mean that includes loving people and getting to know them, but of course. we do that within the context of our small group or, you know, whatever.
3: Well, one of the things Jack always said to us was, "The need is not the call." Hmm. And. Um, I that love that. That's a changed great. Changed my life.
2: The need is not the call. Yeah,
3: because you feel like, oh, I have to help that person move. I have to bring a meal. I have to pretty. soon. Every it's... need
2: that you see doesn't mean that you're called to to meet that need necessarily. Right
3: even if you're emotionally pulled. And so we we kind of discussed how many nights we were able to do things and what that would include. And number one has always been our relationship. And then after that, the kids, and then ministry.
2: Hmm. I love that.
4: They're and are eternal. So then that carried over to in our family, you know, we had a regular family meeting. Yes with the kids as soon as the kids were old enough to be in school and have things coming yeah. up.
3: So they'd bring their little calendars and our 2-year-old was so excited cuz she would <laughs> bring a notebook and pretend to write in it. And.
4: So, you know, every, every week you did this. We did it pretty much every week.
2: Yeah. A family meeting and then a business meeting between you two every week. Yes. Yeah. But it doesn't
4: take as much time as you think it's if you're doing it every week. And then an hour one evening we're not we stop we don't watch TV, we have the family meeting. Yeah. Um, and that's where, okay, maybe one, there's too many things on a day. So one of the kids has to find a ride. Yes. Mm -hmm. So you say, okay, honey, that sounds like something you really want to do. You're going to have to find a ride. I'll help you find it, but you're going to have to get there a
3: different way. I don't have the capacity or I think once our first two are 18 months apart and very involved and stuff. And then we had six years later, a little surprise. And so, um, Sitting at the table with a junior in high school, a senior in high school, was intense. Yes. Because I'm just one person.
2: I can vouch for that.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And their schedules were crazy. And so we, I think it helped the kids to see actually on paper what I went through. Yeah
2: understanding the struggle of it yeah. all and just the, yeah. the everything you right. know i talk Not to the just kids you're saying no
1: all the time no right
2: that every i tell my kids all the time everything costs something like saying no to something costs something okay. saying yes to something costs something and and when they see that struggle Hands i on. think it, it helps can you can we park here for just a second yeah. i want i'm really curious for my own sake okay. here um <laughs> what does this weekly business meeting look like between you and your wife you two what is that I mean, is it always business or is it sometimes just catching up or is well, it we
4: just we call it business just because it's a it's about it takes our the... relationship. But it could be something I've been doing that's offending Lori and she'll bring it up at that meeting. And it's just many... a forum
2: where you bring
3: And for many things. women they'll get irritated and they think their husband doesn't care about things or You know, they've had a little tiff and there's no, you know, when you have a lot of children, there's no time to say, excuse me, five beloved children, we need to go have a chat. (laughs) You know, you can't do that. Yeah. And so we have done it on occasion if it's severe. Of course. And they all go. (laughs) But um, I write it in my calendar, discuss tiff or whatever. And the thing for Tom, and I've learned this a lot, and I don't want to generalize, but for men is... It helps if they know this is the time we're going to discuss these things. There's not a defensiveness. They're, you're all ears. Yeah, because it's
1: not an emotional reaction.
3: Right, right. and yeah. we have 45 minutes, and we always would go to the same place for yeah. lunch, meet halfway. I beg people to watch my kids.
1: Um, I love that. I absolutely love that. Because I, because that. I think <laughs> of the – I've had family meetings, and <laughs> mm-hmm. I, usually it's crisis-driven. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, typically when you're – Going out of a normal schedule to have a meeting is not good. Like <laughs> typically, it's no, it's not. It's a like habit being called to the office. It's yeah, not so, to say good yeah, job. Exactly. <laughs> you're going before the principal, you know, and 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 or your wife is telling you, you know, this <clears throat> credit card. We need to talk. You bought something <laughs> and didn't talk to me about it. And, you know, you're slinking around because you just. I feel
2: it. a wound there. Uh, I, you, I, could confess
1: I, do you want to talk more? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, but as a pastor, I've had this experience as well, where uh, wives are upset with their husbands and their husbands Mm -hmm. are literally ignorant. Like they have no idea what they did or what's going on. And so I think it was an earlier guest this week on our, yeah, who said that I know exactly uh, what you're going with this. Expectations without communication lead to frustration. Oh yeah. So deep hurt. Yeah. So I love the fact that you guys had a sort of a valve in your marriage to keep pressure from building up.
4: Uh Yeah. Could, one other thing I would say is it helps if you know how to communicate as a husband and wife yes. when you're in those situations yes. and learn not to react. And we would recommend a book called Fighting for Your Marriage, which hmm. walks you through how to develop those kind of communication skills. skills. It's really good. It helped us. A Do ton. you remember the author?
1: Who
3: that is? Uh,
4: Markman. There's three authors and
2: Markman is one of the authors. Okay. Fighting, for yes. Fighting for Your Marriage.
4: Fighting for Your Marriage.
3: Yeah. taught that a ton and it's wonderful
2: well this is all kind of going back to where you started and and that is being proactive Mm -hmm. and i think brad you said it well is is providing a valve for release of before it becomes a crisis i i think that's that's amazing one of the things that that we got prior to this is just the idea of and i found this provocative at first but i think i know where you're going and that is the idea that our kids are foolish Mm -hmm. not good or bad
3: Mm -hmm. can you
2: unpack that a little bit
3: I feel very passionate about this one <laughs> because it's glim- so not
2: PC to, or, um, but yeah, politically PC to say that. Can but I start it off yeah. real quick.
4: So that comes from just there's a verse in Proverbs that says, foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. And that's a really key concept because then you can look through Proverbs and see what it says mm-hmm. foolishness is like, and you go, oh, My kids are like that sometimes. They're like that sometimes. They're like that sometimes. And so then Proverbs gives you insight on how to deal with foolish behavior.
3: Mm -hmm. And for a child, like if a mom will say, well, this is my good one. This is my good child. Mm -hmm. What is happening to that poor child? They are no longer, depending on their bent and personality, but typically the good child has a certain bent that they will try to maintain that reputation. Hmm. And so if they sin or do something that they're... It affects identity. they're going to do. It affects their identity and they're going to become secretive. Mm -hmm. Or however it plays out, it's very dangerous. And it's harder, I find, because I've worked with so many women, that it's hard for them to admit that they sinned. Because they have been working so hard
2: to, to maintain
3: the good child. And then you have the the bad child. Oh, this is the child that is, you ought to see him. Well, he's like, how can I win? Right. Or she, in our family, it might have been a...
4: Well, and I think the other thing <clears throat> for a parent is to understand that that verse applies to all your kids. Yes. All of them have foolishness yes. in there. It comes out in different ways, right? Mm-hmm. Like Laurie said, the one child... Feels most comfortable or safe when they're going with the plan. Yeah. So there's the ones that want to help you carry the groceries in, and we la- we label them godly. We yes. label them People all say, kinds. Oh, things.
3: they're perfect. And
4: then there's the child who wants to make their own way in life. They just came out of the womb. We had one Bumpin. like that. I mean, every two weeks she would go around and just see if the rules were still the rules. She <laughs> would find all the lines and step over them just to see if they were still there. Well. That's also foolish. Just like the good one keeps secrets, that's foolish too. It, so, as a parent, I need to be able to deal with both of those kinds of foolishness for the benefit of that child. But I don't start panicking because my one's confronting me. I don't think that's evil. It's just foolish. And the same with the other. One. So that's where that concept. I think it's comes
2: a really in. great distinction because it, it also it also takes the weight off of. Um, in my mind, going, yeah, one of the frustrations that I have with my kids sometimes is like, you should have known that. Like, how do you, yeah. but if I can like reframe the way, like, I shouldn't expect them to know, they exactly. came out of the womb foolish. Like, 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 <laughs> like exactly, exactly. Yeah. I, I don't, I like I don't know what of you guys are talking about. I know. You've well, got we'll perfect pray kids. For yeah, no,
1: Mike. Yeah. So I think some psychologists have said the compliant or the confrontational child. Yeah. So this idea that there are, so usually the, the first child uh, is typically a perfectionist. Typically, Typically. they they want to be that achiever, and they want to sort of earn praise, and they're they're sort of the teacher's pet, if you Uh will. Um, I had three, and the middle one for us uh, was the confrontational. She was the one who said no. And And what are you going to do about it? Yeah, exactly. Uh And, you know, didn't like to wear clothes and, you know, (laughs) just— That's she, she was a free spirit, so yeah. to speak. I love the fact that you're helping differentiate for the parent, not only how they speak about that child in front of them, but how they think about
3: that child. Exactly. Because it helps that, you. Because
1: that can really uh, trip up a parent, especially uh, a mom who's a stay-at-home mom who's dealing with that all day. Yeah. And they and then you come home and that child is so excited to see dad and mom's just sort of dropped. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of moms get angry with their kids. Well, and as- I'll
3: just- Okay, okay. our first was that one. Uh, she was really difficult, and I was more of a compliant child growing up. And so I remember she wasn't even one, and every day was such a hard day <laughs> with her. But she had a sweet little face, and nobody knew that about her except me. But um, I remember crying on the floor. Just I, I couldn't. She was tougher than me. She was stronger Hmm. than me. She was, she had an iron will. I mean, one time she was reaching for the knob on the toilet at the base, wanting to eat it as I'm slapping her fingers. I mean, she just. My oldest was like that. I
1: I had an image all of a sudden there that I think we, (laughs) if you are a parent, like you've had these moments, these sort of water lose, if you will, these battles. But
3: God spoke to me and said, Lori. I chose her for your benefit, hmm. and that really kind of turned the page for me in parenting hmm. our children. That each child was chosen for us, for our benefit and their benefit, and so I began to look. There's more design of it, to it as a professional. Thus, the meetings. Thus, you know everything. Yeah, but, and thanking God. So that child who no meant well. Let's try another way. Mm-hmm is now an entrepreneur and is taking no's all the time. But for her, well, we'll just go in another door. Exactly. And it's not personal. And, and she shares Christ everywhere.
4: <laughs> and that thing that Lori just said, I mean, when you have the confrontational child, it can feel personal.
3: Yes. Oh, absolutely. Right? Even at <laughs> yeah. age two.
4: And really, it probably isn't personal. <laughs> it's sport. You just happen to be the thing in their way.
2: It is for sport. Sure. I think it's that's exactly right.
4: And there is a proverb, right? Sin is like sport to a fool.
2: Hmm.
4: That's
1: in Proverbs. Well, there's one of those foolish <laughs> things. Well, you know, as I'm thinking about that, uh, I think a lot of uh, churches will talk about the idea that that God has uh, given those kids to us because we're the perfect parents for them. But this is a new twist on that, which is God gave us those kids benefit. because they're for us to be perfected, refined, refined, mm-hmm. sanctified, fungo theological. I- <laughs> You know, so I th- I think the bigger picture here is for the parent that's listening to us. Our audience is mostly moms yeah. who are driving home or going to school or, or going to work. And they're probably exhausted, tired. Oh. Uh are feeling like a failure sometimes. I can remember my wife being on the floor in tears just I can't do this. I'm not cut out. I've heard that a hundred times. Yes. Um what what encouragement would you give <laughs> A mom right now who's listening, who just feels like she just is not up for this.
3: To find a friend who feels the same way and you can be iron sharpens iron for each other. And um, trusting your husband to share that with him. But mostly, well, I don't want to say mostly, but having a confidence that Jesus is there and he cares and you can do it because of him, but that means mm-hmm. I have to know him, so I have to figure out how to spend two seconds knowing him mm-hmm. and and know it's just a season. Yeah. I, oh, our, that's important, yeah.
1: isn't it, to, to, to help yeah. remember that this doesn't last. Through, that was the yeah.
3: hardest. Those toddlers were so difficult because we did the work, mm-hmm. but and would, people told us to do that.
4: And if you do your work when they're young, it gets better.
3: Yeah.
4: I mean, you know, establishing that relationship, help helping them learn what self-control is, yes. developing self-control in them. Uh, You know, so one of our kids, the confrontational one, I mean, she was confrontational up until she was, when did she come and it say? It was
3: like second grade. Second
4: grade. And finally she came up to Lori and said, Mom, I'm going to do things your way because I've learned that I don't ever win.
3: I fainted. It took her till second
1: <laughs> <I just>
4: grade <laughs> to figure that out. I think
1: some parents would say that's yeah, still I mean, waiting to happen. Uh, it's yeah. been about well, 20 sure. years yeah. for a full mine I think
3: you <clears throat> have very few rules and your word has to be your word. You yeah. have to win.
1: So have very, so very few have rules but, but maintain yeah. the ones you have.
3: And that is the yeah. hardest thing I've ever that's done in good
2: my advice. life. Really good advice. It
3: takes time and energy.
2: It does, and I, and, you know, God is faithful, and the principles in the Bible, and if following it's those very simple, laid-out plans. So I mean, not it, it's not complicated. It's not, but we we compl- complicate. I complicate it because yeah. I, I, you know, we wrestle and, and we're tossed around by our feelings, and so it's we're foolish yeah. parents sometimes. You know, yeah. I mean, like that's totally yes. <laughs> Well, we're still <laughs> a work well, <link> in progress. <laughs> and right. the yeah. cool
3: thing is. Like, say, we'll say, you can't touch the TV knobs. I'm just making that up. Back
4: when TVs had knobs. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Like, what are those? And
3: so we've gone along, and I'm exhausted, and I see our oldest touch it. I see the next one touch it. And I'm exhausted pretending I didn't see Hmm. because I didn't have the energy to deal with it. So then, pretty soon, the rule changes, right?
2: Yeah, right.
3: So, Tom and I, He'll look at me like, really, Lori, you're going to let this happen or vice versa? And so we sit down at a business meeting saying, this rule no longer exists. What are we going to do about it? So we make a plan. So we sit down with the kids, usually when they were young. And Jack and Cynthia taught us this. So we would hang our heads low to say, we have sinned against you. We have allowed you to continually do touch the knobs, and we have just sinned against God because that was a rule, and we haven't reinforced it.
4: Would you forgive us? Would
3: you please forgive us? Quiet. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> and then we say, they don't know so that rule that.
4: is back in effect. We, we didn't do our job, but we're going to do it going forward. And
3: typically, Anne would... Oh, sorry, sweetie. Um, <laughs> she, the next morning, she would see if it was.
1: Okay, so... There's obviously some structure to your home. Yes. Where, you know, as I'm listening to you and kind of the way that you parented, you created a schedule or a consistent regular time as a family to talk. You scheduled a consistent time as a couple to talk. And so there were places for you to parent uh, versus reactionary stuff. Yes.
3: Well, we had and we did a too. great <laughs>
1: job up until junior high. Yes.
4: And then it sort of got faster than we were used to. Yes. I would say we didn't do quite as good a job. I was wondering junior about, junior like, I was going, school.
2: I'm trying to think of the a schedules in high school. Well,
0: we
4: still to. had the meetings and they were very valuable. And I think we did reasonably well. Lori and I had some relationship issues yes. during that time and I and we think we weren't a team. We weren't a team like mm. we were earlier and that caused some problems yep. honestly with the kids not major ones but they still disruptions. Were there. Yes. And there were some things I mean you're not going to be there's no perfect parent right I mean for instance there our middle one is our son And there were some things that as a father, I really didn't do Mm -hmm. with him that I should have. And it caused real problems for him in his life when he Mm -hmm. got to be older and in college. But he told me about them. We talked about them. And then um, God led us to where... So he was at UCLA and we lived in San Diego. So it's a hundred mile drive. So I would drive up every Saturday morning and have breakfast with him. And we would talk and talk through things. And I did that for three years and God restored our relationship. Yeah. Mm. So things usually aren't perfect. Perfect, but they they can be reconciled. Right. And that was maintaining that reconciliation is is really the core. We're not gonna be perfect. Our goal is not to be perfect, it's to be reconciled and on the same mm. team. And to be
3: obedient that. to Jesus and reconciled yeah. with him. So I think that's what I would tell people. It it seems backwards because we don't have time to sit with Jesus and get reconciled because we're running too fast. Yeah. And that's backwards. So if you can't spend time with Jesus or each other, then you're in trouble.
4: So hon, when, can I ask
3: her a question? Yeah.
4: (laughs) So when the kids were, two and three and four, mm-hmm. what did it look like for you to spend time with Jesus?
3: I, I usually, well, after each baby, the first year, I didn't really spend time with Jesus. I don't have a journal from those years. Sure. By the third, I said, oh, I'm not going to have a journal this year. It's fine. God still loves me and I love him. You know, you get confident in that. Mm-hmm. That's why getting a mentor when you're a young mom is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it looks like is I just would figure out how to do it, and I chose friends. That had the same heart. Hmm. Yeah. It helped.
1: You know, you guys are talking about reconciliation. I think there are probably parents right now who have a teenager or college age student and they're just feeling like they're, they've blown it. Yeah. And there's no recovery. Yep. What do you say? Oh, what do you gosh. tell someone in that so state? I
3: just want to jump on that one. Typically what a mom does is they go to that child, maybe they've grown a lot and they've understand what they've done. And they go to the child and they ask for their forgiveness or say they're sorry that they weren't a good mom. But it usually becomes about the mom being so sorry and crying and so sad that what can that child say?
2: Right. So so I think- Back them into a corner.
3: Yeah. They're if, not going to be truthful. Right. Yeah. Mom, it wasn't that bad.
4: So So if you're in that spot as a parent, I think the first thing to know is the reconciliation will take a while and it's, you're going to have to establish a relationship in order for there to be a context for that reconciliation. So it starts with getting to know them, being open to what they want to say. It may involve hearing some things that are unfair. Yes. Um, How does God reconcile with us? What has he done for us? He's the one who took the first step. He took the initiative. He paid a price for it.
3: And we don't want to hear it, and we want to be defensive.
4: And I would say the second thing is being reconciled can be your desire, but it can't be a goal because you can't control whether they ever are willing Hmm. to do that.
2: That's a really important distinction.
4: Yeah. So it's got to be Lord... I really want this to happen. Help me to do it. And then you do the things you know you can do, mm. but but leave their response with God because he's the only one that can reach their heart.
2: Otherwise, we turn into manipulators, manipulators. and yeah, that's such a good point. And
3: one of the things that we learned early on too was don't make it the children's responsibility for you to be happy.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: And um, so, as as our children are now thirty three, thirty two, and twenty six, um, occasionally something will come up in a conversation, and there's a little bit of like, "Oh, I screwed up," <laughs> and so I have to be honest and stop and say, "So, hun, how did you feel during that time? Do I really want to hear it? Because I feel so bad." Mm-hmm. And I there were. Well, there's lots of opportunities for our kids to say stuff. (laughs) But I I remember one conversation with um, my son, and he shared it, and it just hurt. And Mm. yet it was true, and it was his reality. And so that's another thing to remember. Their reality might not be reality, but it's their reality. And so for this, I think it was true on my part. But that's really important to remember when they're sharing that. It might not have been that, but you don't need to tell them. So he just shared something, and I was devastated, and yet thankful. Not happy, thankful, (laughs) and I had to just leave it at the foot of Jesus every time it came up. Does that make sense? Because I it hurt without you.
1: Yeah, we've been talking with Tom and Lori Carr, and some of the comments and things that you're saying are very rich Mm -hmm. and 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 worth. Pondering a little bit, uh, really taking to heart, and one of the things you just said, and maybe we can end on this, is this idea that reconciliation can't be manipulation. It can't be a parent sort of backing a child into an emotional corner to hear what they want to hear. Yeah, it has to be more to it than that. And I think we've been, I think that's been modeled to us uh, by media, by sitcoms, by you know, soap operas, whatever, whatever we've been watching.
3: Everywhere.
1: <laughs> um, and I also think it's just uncomfortable and hard. So no one really wants to do
3: that. Okay.
1: So parenting sometimes takes a lot of courage to face some of these truths and allow ourselves uh, to go through a process rather than avoid one. And so I appreciate you taking the time to come in on a cold day and share sure. from your heart about some of your experiences. There's certainly... Very helpful, and uh, I know you've helped Robert because he needs more help than I do.
2: <laughs> That's true.
1: That's true. I'll t- I'll take that. Doesn't help. I'm any. humble. No man. That... <clears throat> so
2: Robert and I
1: have both uh, many times admitted our our inadequacy. As as fathers and as as parents, but what that. I
2: find really helpful about what you guys are saying is the is exactly what you just said. The reconciliation, is, dude, I've done that. Yeah, I totally have done that. I've turned it into manipulation because I mean, it's
1: about you, right? Right? It's all about like I just went off the hook, right? And I right, don't. exactly.
2: <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm trying no, I to clean my side, I of the feel tree. bad.
1: So make me <laughs> not feel bad,
2: uh, and that's not parenting. That that's well, it doesn't foster real authentic yeah. connection. So I, 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 love what you guys have shared and, um, I've been making a laundry list in my mind of like all the things I need to kind of bring before my kids and go here. I'm so sorry. I've blown <laughs> like this, but don't in a touch good way. do the knobs. You know. Yeah. Don't touch the knobs. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many rules that I should not have had. I just, I'm kind of thinking all over my going, <laughs> that was my problem. I do many rules. Yeah. Anyway, thank well, you guys so much thank for Thank you for coming in this. the studio. God
1: bless you guys. And, uh, I look forward to having you it's back. Easy. What our kids believe is going to define them for a lifetime. According to George Barna, by the age of 13, what a kid believes It is a fantastic resource that I have used as a pastor in my own home church, and I have been impressed. So, check it out. Check it out.
2: Well, Robert, that was was such a great interview. You don't feel awkward at all talking about people that are looking at us? Not when I say good (laughs) things. Not at all. It was. I'm so grateful. There's so much insight, and I want to employ this, like all these things business meeting more family meetings. I mean like I think I'm gonna a long drive home I'm gonna have to like go oh my goodness I can send you my notes <laughs> I think you should it was very rich yeah I took two
1: pages of notes for those who aren't watching on video uh, it you know I think the the bigger picture is that the whole idea of discipleship okay mm-hmm. this idea of of growing in your faith I think it can be too um, Abstract for a lot of us. Hmm. I think we think of discipleship as just this abstract idea of becoming a better Christian. Hmm. When in reality, discipleship is actually life skills, right. right? Like actually an inter an interweaving of our life with biblical mm-hmm. principles with each other. Yeah, yeah. And so, learning how to take biblical truth and apply it to the family, to parenting, to marriage, to just relationships in general is the wisdom that's offered by by the Bible. Yeah. It's I it's, it's one of the reasons agree. the manuscript was left for us, right? This idea that we could have a map for our life. And uh, so that's I just thought that was a really, really cool way to illustrate that point of how we can integrate in just a few simple things. And you could tell that could go on a long time. Oh, heck yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. We could talk about this for hours. Yeah. Well, I really enjoyed it. I did too. One of the big takeaways for me is just personally thinking about you, like think you're not good or bad. You're foolish. And that gives me a certain amount of grace for you. So I'm really glad that that came up. I stepped
1: into that pretty deep. Uh, Well, I'll just trust the Lord to convict you of your pride. And uh, I think for our listeners, we have this uh, amazing ongoing relationship. And if you haven't seen some of the earlier podcasts, you probably should go back because Robert is remarkable. And uh, we've had some really exceptional guests in the, in the past seasons on this podcast, we have. you can check them out on com. They are organized by both the guest name and topic. So if you're a parent and you're struggling with something, or you're just curious, check it out. It could
2: be really helpful. I know that they've changed my lives. I mean, my lives, my multiple lives. He's a converted Our Buddhist. Yes. <laughs> Our podcasts have changed my life because every time we have a conversation like this, I get a little nugget. And so they are rich. We have a lot of really good insight, not because we're so smart, but because we've been fortunate to be in the room with some very, very smart and wise people.
1: Yeah. And as our trailers say on the the actual uh, podcast itself, none of us feel brilliant or brave. This is not something that you approach with confidence as a parent. You know, you need help. And so- I would encourage you to go to the website and look up Tom and Lori Carr and just kind of find out what they're up to and what they're doing. Reach out to them. We'll have all their information and some of the references, including those books, uh, available for you. So thanks. God bless.
0: Be encouraged, parents. You are not alone. In Paul's letter to his son in the faith, Timothy, he writes, But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Brilliantly Brave Parenting wants to be an encouragement and support that parents can rely on. Would you consider liking us and sharing us with a friend? As a part of the Tween Gospel Alliance, we are a nonprofit organization dependent on the support of friends like you. Thanks for stopping by. We'll be right here next week.
1: Well, we're very excited to announce a partnership
2: with the guys that we know from Boise, Idaho, Robert. Yes, we are. New release today. They're fantastic. Very, very relevant for what's going on. If you want to discover new music in the Christian realm, that's kind of the only place to go.
1: Yeah, and not only do they have amazing music and amazing reviews and just a lot of information about Christian artists, but they are creating with us a brand new devotional product call it IRL Resources. Do you know what that stands for, Brad? I found out.
2: You did? What does it stand for? It stands for in real life. That's exactly right, Brad. Very good. In real life because a lot of times we have these standard devotionals that that, that we see and and we thought that it would be kind of cool to use their expertise in Christian music, couple that with actual scriptural and devotional thought that digs you deeper, not only into the song, but incorporates it into real life. And so it's a very vibrant and very awesome resource for families and for pastors.
1: Yeah. And so if you uh, have a preteen or a teen in your home and you're looking for a new devotional to do weekly, we have a digital subscription online at IRLresources.com. It's very inexpensive. The first study is free to check it out. There's nothing to lose. You should go there and see what's the latest thing in Christian devotional. Absolutely. You won't regret
2: it.